Welcome to the Quantum Leap Your Business in Life podcast. My name is Bethany London, and I am an energetic VC supporting CEOs and entrepreneurs in multiplying revenues and opportunities of their business through intuitive guidance and energetic healing. I am obsessed with finding and releasing blocks so that you can start receiving the guidance and opportunities that will be bringing you quantum leaps with ease. If you are looking to upgrade your business, life, spirituality, or need a perspective shift to flow, you've come to the right place. Leave it to me to pull out the juicy stories, quantum leap hacks, and how our inspiring guests have tackled obstacles and gotten into the flow to reach new heights of success. My intention is to bring clarity and massive awareness that infinite possibilities are everywhere. Your next moment could be a miraculous one. Thank you for being on this journey with me. Let's uncover their strategies, have fun, and see how we can quantum leap together. All right. I am so excited to have Darsh today. I was introduced to him through some technology app and we connected and I'm like, I need to interview you for my podcast. You're so inspiring. And I'm excited to have him. We finally got him on. He was a little resistant at first, but it's all good. We got to conquer those fears. I feel like a lot of people I've interviewed, actually, they're like, I don't know if I want to do a podcast. I'm like, no, you have something to share. Uh, So some of the things that really got me excited about Darsh was how he supported the C-suite level at different companies that he's been with through mental wellness and like caring, literally just caring about people versus only the numbers, even though he's a CFO. So uh, yeah, I would love to hear, let's say, let's start with your journey to CFO. Okay. Well, so my journey started in, um, obviously, you know, you started university and graduate and become a qualified accountant. Then I studied and did postgraduate degrees. And then I started at an accounting firm, learning about lots of different businesses, lots of different companies, industries. And then I ventured into kind of my own thing where you kind of work with a company because I felt like I want to work with people instead of different companies, different companies all the time. So ventured into the consulting? No, as a full-time, I started as a corporate controller with a company in Burbank, California, and um, in the health industry. And then after that, I ventured into more of kind of director SVP type roles at at a public company and started working in a new industry that was a new emerging industry. And then after that, I took an executive level and I um, I I was taken there to take out the CFO and sort of replace him. And so I came on as their CAO and I worked there to kind of turn the company around and kind of get them back on their feet. But my path was sort of, what do I want to do? And as I started learning more and learning more about companies and what they did, I just started wanting to work with them directly. Work Instead of just working sort of as an accounting firm and going client to client, I wanted to work with a company where I could make a difference and work with people that were going to be there every single day and, and we'd get to know each other and build a team. Because you were otherwise what you were just staring at computers and numbers, yeah. <laughs> or like you'd spend you'd spend three months with a company and then you'd have to go away and go and start with a new company again. And I was like, oh, we just had so much fun together. I want to know what they're doing 
the next day and the next okay. month and, and keep in touch with them. And so I wanted that. I wanted that a bit more, the camaraderie that you get when you work um, directly with the company. Got it. Yes. Yes. Total. So you're a people person too. People person. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> For sure. So some of the things that you've noticed working at the C-suite, and I say this also because we have the corporate healing company and we work with people. You don't have to be specific, but I also want to share that he's worked with people that we would call celebrity business people that like everybody knows about. So he has experience with all, all walks of life. So yeah, would love to hear about, I think what first inspired me was like the meditation and stuff that you brought in. Yeah. I remember um, when we were going through the pandemic, it just started, right. And everybody's trying to work from home and everybody's not quite sure what that first two weeks was like. Like, why are we working from home? People started watching Netflix for the first two weeks and thinking it was a big holiday. <laughs> then started people started losing jobs after that. And everybody started realizing, uh oh, maybe I should do my job. Well, maybe what's what does this new world look like? Right. And so the economy started turning crazy. We started having things like riots and companies started going, restaurants started closing down, everybody started ordering food, the toilet paper was running out everywhere, and just a big crisis right and so at that time if you can imagine like we're trying to make revenues go up but they start going down and we need our stores to be open but we have to close them because the streets are getting rioted all across america so you know those things against us put us into such a space where it's like it was already hard to do our jobs now it's almost impossible so you know i remember the leaders kind of coming on a town hall and saying bringing people together and just being thankful for all the hard work that everyone had been doing so far to get us to the point where we are. But then just acknowledging mental health and saying, hey, I know everybody's going through stuff. I know everybody's got issues. I know everybody's, so have we, so have I. And sometimes it takes 20 minutes in the morning to maybe go to the gym or meditate or get your mind clear and reset. And maybe you don't have time to take a break during the day, but maybe it's important, right, to go for a walk around the block and just mentally recharge, right? And so that might be meditation or just deep breathing. But I remember just knowing and feeling like I felt inspired to be a part of that company because they were acknowledging how we were all feeling, which was all sorts of things, all sorts of things. Well, I mean, I'm sure people also felt like they were not going to have a job also. And like on top of like, where the world, where's this world heading? Like every yeah. single fear imaginable was popping in 2020. Yeah. So you brought in um, to this conversation, which I also think is really valuable, is that you were vulnerable. It sounds like you were vulnerable with people. Like, I'm feeling this too. It's not just you. Like, we're all feeling this collectively and honoring For that sure. with everybody. Um, so, yeah. So then, so then, so what, what happened? You got everyone doing the meditations or what? Yeah, no, exactly. Right. So we did, there's all sorts of things that companies do. They give a corporate discount for like a gym membership. But I remember one of the things we did at the company I was at, we paid for a premium membership for everyone to have the mindfulness app. Right. And so that's a form of an app that has meditation services and things that you can start doing. And I think it was a step in the direction to say, you know, fitness is important and eating is important, but also mental health, right? So yeah. paying for a premium subscription to that, I think goes a long way for the employees where it's like, hey, they're not just saying 
get a new laptop to do work better. They're saying, look after yourself at home in general, because then you can be your best, best self at work too, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, okay. So good. What would you say were your keys to success for jumping into these roles? And you've said that you like currently right now, Darsh is in an in-between phase of regrouping, let's say <laughs> to what's next. And what is crazy amazing is, I mean, you've said you've had like 40 job offers. 40, like who yeah. out there has 40 job offers? And you may be exaggerating. I don't know, but there's so many people out there in the world that are really struggling to get one position, let alone have 40 opportunities. So what's also interesting to me is that you've risen to the top without a CPA license because you're from New Zealand. So like you are literally quantum leaping all the time. And like, that's what this is about. So what would you say, like, how are, how is this all happening? I remember, um, I remember early on and when we were kind of going through our first like big wave of reductions in force or making cuts at the company. Mm -hmm. And it was during the kind of pandemic stuff as well. And I remember getting a call from a lady that was, I was just speaking with this morning and she works for a recruiting company. And so she puts kind of permanent people, contract people and so she called me one day and she's the biggest fan of me. She'd, she's got me probably two or three other job offers herself. But I remember not even taking any of her job offers. I actually took another one. And she was still supportive because she wanted me to go to that company so that I could get her in at that company. But I remember <laughs> her talking to me one day and she, she said, um, Dash, you can do five people's jobs. But she said, I just want to let you know that all of your team is currently looking for employment and I have their resumes. And she said... You might be able to do five people's job, but you can't do an entire team's job. And when those people leave, you're in deep trouble. And she said, you know, you're an awesome person. You're amazing. And I think the world of you, but you need to start focusing on staff retention and employees and the people around you. And I was like, man, that's so true. You know, like all these people have left and I've absorbed and absorbed, absorbed. But if my entire team goes, yeah, I can't really do anything. And so she just gave me this wake up call. And I just remember then immediately having a team call and just checking in on everyone's pulse. Where are they at? Did they want to be there? Did they want to go somewhere else? How are they feeling? Talk to them about the future. Talk to them about if we had holes in the team, I was going to fix it and we're going to get the best people for the job. And so that was what led me to always putting the team first. And then what got me to the top was, you know, I was talking to someone about this today a little bit, but people, we know what we can do. And I've always had this attitude that there's nothing I can't do because I never say I can't do something. I just say I just have some things to learn. So if you if you approach it like that, then there's not, nothing really you can't do. So, you know, I say to people, I never talk about what I can do. And if I have the opportunity with a board or an audit committee meeting, I never talk about myself and what I've done. Rather, what I do is I talk about all the people on my team and what they've achieved and what they've accomplished and who they are. And what's interesting about that is you then get seen as an amazing leader. You then get seen as somebody who has control of the company. Whereas if you just turn up and you say, oh, I've got this amazing team and they do all these wonderful things and look at me, I'm so shiny and fantastic. What are you? What, what are the results? And I feel like that's what got me to the top is just by doing and action and supporting a team. And that's where, you know, I think you'll find that people that lead people don't lead them. They work, they walk alongside them. 
right? People always say I stand on the shoulders of giants. I don't. I walk around giants all the time and I'm surrounded by amazing, great people. That's what makes me, that's what makes me be able to do my job well. So you're, you, this is beautiful. So you took this woman's feedback and it landed for you in a life-changing way. Oh, uh, yeah. Cause other people would be like, screw you, <laughs> you know, but you totally absorbed it. Yeah. You received it. And it, I love, I love the wake up call. And then through building other people up, of course, they're going to love you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. People like to work with people that where they feel like they're able to be themselves too. Right. So yeah. bring out the best in people and then you're always around good people. I love it. I love it. Okay. So what about the CPA and thing that you somehow got around? Is it the same? Oh, same? yeah. <laughs> I remember coming to America and there was all these rules. Um, you must have a certain GPA to get your resume into the company to get looked at. And I, you know, I, I'm not going to quote what those are, but it's got to be above 3.75 GPA or something like that. And you got to have your CPA license or getting your CPA license. What school did you go to? What college did you go to? And I went to none of them. I don't have a GPA. I came from New Zealand and uh, C's get degrees or that was the mentality. And it was, it wasn't about C's get degrees, but when you went for a job in New Zealand, it was like, well, if you didn't get an A, why didn't you get an A? And if the reason was that I had three other jobs while I was at university and I was also playing two sports and I was doing this, well, then awesome. Because you're in kind of an seen as an all-rounder and that's the kind of people that they would hire there. So I remember, you know, I didn't didn't have my CPA, but I had a, I was a chartered accountant, which is the New Zealand, Australian, kind of UK Commonwealth equivalent of the CPA. Um, so I did study. It just wasn't what America would have. And so... I remember getting transferred as a senior man, as a manager to Canada and then to America. And so just by default, they had all these rules where you had to have a CPA license to be a manager. But I was already there. So they had this rule and then everyone would say, well, Dash is um, a manager and how come he can be a manager without a CPA? And so they said, well, okay, well, you know, you have to have a CPA except for Dash. And so... You know, it did get to a point where I think, you know, maybe if it was a director or partner level job, I might not have been able to sign financial statements because I didn't have my CPA license. However, that was because I wasn't able to sign financials as an auditor signing off on those financials. I then later joined two public companies and I just signed the financial statements for a publicly traded company on the New York Stock Exchange without a CPA license. So, you know, these rules that we have, that these auditors say you must have a CPA license to be able to do this job. Well, those financial statements they were trying to sign off on, I now sign them without a CPA license. So, you know, I think there are rules and, and, and if you do go to school in America, it's there because there's certain things that you need to do to get expertise or knowledge. But at the same time, if you have other ways to prove that you're awesome and amazing and you have experience in different ways, those limitations don't really exist. They're just things that that system had in place doesn't mean that they're hard and fast and you can kind of get around them if you just you know um approach it in a different way and always be positive. yeah I kind of feel like I did yeah you didn't you didn't let it deter you or block you because even I know people that won't apply to, to jobs right because they're like I don't have every single thing that they're asking for and I've heard through the grapevine that studies show that men will still apply to them like very it's like normal for men to apply and then a lot of women and not everyone obviously but a lot of women won't because they're like oh I don't have everything and so 
there's something there too of like not letting it block you, not letting it get you down and just striving. Cause you're like, I know I'm great. I know that I'm still qualified. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, the other big one is, um, is the MBA. Everybody mm -hmm. always tells me that they must get their MBA yeah. to be able to get a job like me. Well, I've never done my MBA. And I think that if you do believe that you must get your MBA to get that next job, well, then maybe you will need to do it. But I also believe that while there's benefits in doing it, you don't need to get it. It's it's, it's a mindset thing, right? Like if, if we believe we need to get it, then go get it and, and do it. And I hope you have a good time. And I'm sure it'll serve you well and you'll do really well. But also, if it, it, is, it also isn't the be all end all. And I think that, you know, people were so, people not sure what the what the next opportunity is going to be. And maybe they think that's what they need to get it. Um, but if you think you need to get it, then you're going to need to get it. If you think you don't need it, then you probably won't. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. Okay. So curious, how about your childhood? How do you think that your childhood or your parents or the people around you kind of cultivated this individual that is so kind and supportive and ignores the rules? I have always known that if you just like, I've always known that generosity comes back to you. I've always known that you've got to give to receive as well. And, you know, I remember when you, when I started in university, it was actually, um, I would actually provide a lot of alcohol and uh, party environment and things for all of my friends. And so if you ever came around to one of my parties, you didn't have to bring anything because I had everything sorted. And I remember my dad called me one day and he said, Hey, you don't have to do that. You don't have to spend all your money on big parties. People are still going to come. And I remember thinking, yeah, but I love doing it. And I love the feeling of how much of a good time people had around me. And so I remember early on realizing that generosity um, comes back to you tenfold. You know, it might not come back and a return on investment like you would expect certain things. But, you know, people do that all the time. Why do we buy birthday presents for people? Not because we have to, because we want it and we want to see see them receive it. And so it's that, it's that feeling of being generous. So that's I think that started off really young for me and, you know, my dad was um, a doctor in my family. You know, we had everything we needed because his patients did everything. <laughs> there were mechanics, there were dentists, there were anybody oh. you could ever imagine. That you needed. So I remember knowing that if, you know, my dad's always helped people. He's always seen people for free or subsidized their, their consultations. And I remember that generosity led back to us never worrying about anything we needed. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I think that, that kind of ingrained in me. Like when you help other people, you'll always be able to get help from other people when you need it to. Love it. Beautiful. So good. Uh, and yeah, that makes perfect sense. And through connections and sounds like you're a really good networker as well. So, oh my goodness. Okay. So if you were to talk about three keys to quantum leaping from let's say for you school to the top, what would you, how would you summarize those three steps? I'm thinking um, you have to have a can do attitude, not a can't do attitude. It's very important to think you can do something. And I tell people all the time when they are uh, interviewing for a new role that maybe they haven't done before, 
don't think about all the reasons why you can't do that because you haven't do it. Think about all the reasons and all the things that you've done that mean you'll know you'll be able to figure that out. And, you know, there's always that steep learning curve where you are asked to sign off payroll for thousands of people and you've never done it before and you didn't know what you're doing, but you always have people around you to learn and figure it out. And so I think it's that can-do attitude. Don't think you can't do something because, and I tell people, I always ask people, I say, um, have you ever, you know, have you ever been given something to do and not been able to do it? And they're like, no, nah, usually I figure it out. Yeah, exactly. So when you're going for that next role, don't think you can't do it. You'll be able to do it. You know, it's about yeah. getting that opportunity, taking that opportunity and figuring it out. Any, any other Three interview things. questions though, <laughs> on that tangent, any That's other interview questions that you asked that would be valuable? That I would ask people if I was interviewing them? Yes. I like to ask people um, to explain how they would solve a problem. And uh, too often I get people that say, I would send an email to my manager. And I was like, oh, okay, interesting. Um, what I'm really looking for is somebody who's going to help their team figure out the problem. Who's going to roll up their sleeves, who's going to explain the team, make sure the team's got time to do it, make sure the team knows what they're doing and get it done, right? Whereas if I have someone that just wants to just delegate, delegate and ask and just move things around, sometimes that's the person that may be not creating a culture that I'd like. I like a culture where people work together and help each other. And it's so creating more work my, for you. <laughs> exactly, right? And, and then yeah. people also don't like to be on the other end of those emails, right? Like, oh, this manager just keeps asking me things every day. Right, so so get dirty. Get dirty. Roll up, Roll your, up your sleeves and sleeves. get dirty. Okay, it's like the theme of my next email that's going out and after this. Okay. <laughs> Okay, and the and your other two for quantum leaping? Always think about your next move. Always think about your next position or your next role and be that position. You know, too often people say, I need to be promoted to manager and they expect it or they feel entitled to it. If you performed like a manager already, if you were already showing attributes of being a manager, you will become a manager and you will get hired as a manager and you will, you know, and then when you ask somebody, of course, because you're already doing that role. So I always say, people say, what is it? Dress for the role you want, not the role you have. Yeah. You know, um, I remember at um, the accounting firm I was at, you didn't have to wear a tie and you didn't have to wear a suit. I wore a suit and a tie every day because I wanted to be seen as the leader of that team. I want to be in the meetings with the executives. I want to be taken seriously. I didn't have to wear a suit and tie, but I knew that if I dressed for that role, I wouldn't be seen as that person, right? And so I thought that was really important to take that next leap. Be, be the role that you want to be. Be the person you want to be. You know, you're Wait, not so did you get that role? Sometimes. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Amazing. But it's because, um, you know, you want to, people get rewarded and get promoted when the company sees that they're doing a really good job and they deserve that. And they often have those scales of one to four where you're not meeting expectations, where you meet some expectations, you meet the expectations or you're exceeding them. So if you, you know, if you're, a, if you're just a staff or, or, or something like that, and you want to be a manager, well, if you're always exceeding those expectations and performing above the level of a staff, well, whenever they go do your rating, you're already, performing at that next level so it's a no-brainer that you should be at that level so that's why I think it's always 
It's always important to not just do the role you have, but to think about where you're going. Love it. Love it. And lastly? Kindness. You know, I, um, like I said, I left accounting and I joined a, another public company that was trying to, I was trying to relocate them from Denver, Colorado to Burbank, California. And um, I remember there were some people that were not very nice and not very kind. And I remember they had lots of money and they lived in Beverly Hills. And I thought, wow, maybe I should be like that. Maybe I should be less kind. Maybe I should be a bit of a, you know, D-bag. Um, but I, ne- I I didn't. And it was very hard because I remember seeing the nice cars, you know, every three months they had new cars and fancy clothes and fancy restaurants and always going on holiday. But I always noticed that they weren't happy. They were always angry. They were always upset. Things didn't really go well. They didn't have good friends that they could, you know, maybe on, on the outside, everything looked wonderful. But I always looked on what maybe on, what on the inside they were going through. And so I stuck to kind of just being kind, being nice. And it's a long road and it's not overnight success and it's not overnight money, but you develop relationships with people and those relationships you develop with people will last you forever. And you never know when you'll get a call. Just like you said, when someone calls you out three years later and, and an amazing opportunity because they remembered how cool you were and how awesome you were. I remember leaving that public company and I remember talking to the CEO, the CEO at the time and saying, don't talk badly to my team. They're the ones doing the work. They're here at eight. They leave at eight. They work through the night. Don't yell at my team. If you have to yell at anyone, yell at me and I'll talk to my team, but don't yell at my team. You know, the people that aren't doing the work, come here in the morning and see who's not here. And I remember getting fired the next day and it was hard because I was like, wow, I tried to be a nice guy. I tried to do the right thing. And then I got let go. And now all these people that are all sharks and all nasty people, they all still have their roles. They're still all getting money. They're probably all still talking about me, the loser that got let go. Well, two months later, that company got done for SEC fraud. And all those people got let go. And I didn't even have any worries because I was never a part of that vicious cycle or that circle. And so it it never serves you. And um, I've always known that just being kind, caring for people and being a good person will will go a long way. Love it. Okay. Well, before we wrap up, I just felt called to ask one more question. Uh, How do you maintain your mental health still? Like, you know, on the daily, do you have any practices? Yeah. I have this uh, random saying I've had since I was younger called, it's all good. And, you know, I usually say it in a sarcastic way. Like if something happens, like imagine if, you know, the stove boils over and you've been cooking for two hours and then all of a sudden it's all burnt. I'll always kind of look at it and say, oh, it's all good. You know, as in don't worry about it. But if you think about that, it's all good. It kind of also says that, it's all good. There's nothing bad. And I think if you focus on it's all good and actually look at what those words mean, let's not take bad things as bad things. They're just meant to happen. And, you know, sometimes people say like, I had a flat tire. Well, maybe they avoided an accident on the freeway, right? So we never know. And so I think it's all good has been my thing that's got me through so many things. And it just reminds me that, hey, don't worry about it. The next day is going to be better. And it always is. Oh my goodness. You're so great. I am so 
happy to shine a light on you and all your nuggets that you had no idea are, I think, super valuable and people will love and appreciate for real. You inspired me. So <laughs> I love that you do this and that you inspire other people. You're inspiring too. Thanks, Biffy. Yeah. And along that note, yeah, let's, let me ask you something. So how did your life change when I asked you about being on a podcast, et cetera? It made me realize, well, you asked me to be on a podcast and I got all sorts of nervous because I didn't know what you're going to ask me and where it was going to go. But you said that your the whole purpose of your podcast was to inspire people and you made me feel like I could inspire people. And so that led me to go down this route of sharing or maybe being a life coach or being a leadership mentor or, or working in a different way where I could help other people. And I felt like maybe I was inspiring because you inspired me so I think that's this this vicious circle of being inspiring creates inspiring people around you thank you thank you so much for listening to today's episode if you loved what you heard be sure to subscribe and let me know by leaving a review on iTunes it fuels me to keep bringing you more guests and if you aren't already following me on social media check out at Bethany London and visit BethanyLondon.com for online programs and free healing opportunities or our corporate healing platform LondonHeights.co. Don't hesitate to tag me and our guests with your favorite quotes for a reshare. I can't wait to connect with you in the next episode. And in the meantime, wishing you that quantum leap. Hey guys, it's Miriam Love here. And I want to share something very special with you. Check out my new release, All In, the Spanish remixes out now on Electric Hass Records. And always remember, be love, share love, all love. Available now wherever you listen to music. Hi, I'm Lessa Cadet, host of her Extraordinary Life by Design podcast, where we celebrate women who are shaping their lives one extraordinary day at a time. I speak with women from all over the world about what they do and how they are passionately pursuing their dreams and creating meaningful impacts on their communities. So come join us and learn about all there is to learn about these extraordinary women. Electric Acid.